Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thanking you as always for clicking on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you as always for your constant support. We're going to be diving back to The Walking Dead. Uh, this universe is expanding massively with all these spin-offs, but the main thing is that the main show is coming to an end. We are now in single digits. Like, there's eight episodes left after the eight that we've just had. We've had 16 already. Um, bring on the next eight, to be honest with you. It's, um, yeah, been a great, great final season, if I'm being completely honest. I've done a few podcasts already on the show. One in particular talk about why people turned off, stopped watching it, that is. Um, and all the points there that I make, I think are valid, you know what I mean? Like, I can see where it's been bumpy and why certain storylines in particular would make people be like, what is, why? Um, but I would say that since Angela Kang has come in, this show has just been, just been excellent. Like, new life has been brought into it, and she is a fantastic, fantastic, like, lead executive producer, or whatever title it is, that, that Angela Kang's got, taken over from Scott Gimple, who as I mentioned on my previous podcast, notoriously left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, especially with what he did with Carl. But I'm not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this season, the final season of The Walking Dead. So much has happened. And and I actually re-listened uh, to my my previous podcast about part one um, of the of this season and, and kind of where I was at, what, what I thought and what which bits I was enjoying the most and such. And the things that I've enjoyed about it have continued, you know. Like one of the one of the things that I'm I'm constantly always looking forward to is just seeing Negan and Maggie on screen again. Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan have pretty much like stole the show really uh, since Maggie's return. I mean, Negan's always been there and, you know, he had that interesting story with the Whisperers and with Alpha and, and such. And again, really enjoyed that. Coming from a comic fan, that is as well. Seeing that go from panel to screen was just amazing. Like it was so, so good. Uh, a few changes, but still I can, I can live with it. But now that Maggie has come back and obviously we've, that's been what it's been building to, it's just them two, the dynamic between the two of them has just been so entertaining to watch. The other side of things that I have enjoyed as well is, of course, establishing the Commonwealth, this huge community, you know, run by Pamela Milton, and there's Lance as well that's involved, who's a bit of a slime ball, as I say. Um, it's just really intriguing. You've also got Mercer in there, the leader of the militia, who uh, I, I am loving Michael James Shaw's performance as Mercer. Like, honestly, like, he is really nailing it. Um, it's just what I want, really, what I'd expect from that character from reading the comics, and again, things are brewing there. We know that the Commonwealth isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's not just, you know, this lovely place and you're safe. It's like normal life, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is just what life would be like should the zombie apocalypse never happen. Um, that being said, though, with any establishment, there's always kind of class and elite system kind of thing that is really is like a bit of a black cloud over the Commonwealth. Some people are either choosing to not see it and just live as they are, and other people are, still, are just not right with it. And then when you throw in someone like Lance, uh, Lance Hornsby, who's played by Josh Hamilton, as I mentioned, is a bit of a slime ball. He's already looking to expand things further, and that's causing you know more butting heads with the likes of Maggie. And you don't want to be butting heads with Maggie. Ask the Reapers. <laughs> but that's what we're going to kind of talk about. I'm going to try and... Um, fleet from here to there over these eight episodes go over my favorite favorite stories and fa well favorite stories but favorite elements of the show um and yeah just hope you guys stick around and enjoy it uh, this podcast is available on apple spotify and google podcasts as to rss.com all that jazz but jump onto facebook as well for the facebook page by searching joe blogs about films would you believe give that a like and a follow and uh, yeah that'd be really great you can find out what's going on and when shows are uploaded but if you do click the notification like follow button whichever it is on apple spotify etc you too will uh, find out when a new show is uploaded but thank you as always for the support let's dive into it because as i say 
overall, I have no real complaints with these eight episodes. Uh, the main concern I had when I listened back to my previous podcast was that I was worried they were writing themselves into a little bit of a corner by having the Reapers so heavily focused. Um, one of the notes that I made when listening back was uh, less Reapers, more Commonwealth. Big tick because the Reapers were gone after episode nine. And I do understand, you know, it's kind of a great backstory to where Maggie's been, what she's been up to, what kind of situations and circumstances she's found herself in since leaving our heroes and our survivors. But like, I feel like it just, just too much of it. You know, I mean, there was just too much reapers in the first half of the season anyways and and that's not me saying that they should never have been in it because i tell you what like i've said numerous times episode one and two of season 11 were fantastic like easily still now after all of this with the commonwealth they are they are still my favorite episodes of the season and um, i'd love to know what your favorite episode is as well out of the 16 that have already aired to so do get in touch and let me know but for me episodes one and two were just brilliant because you know we started to see what it was essentially going to be like between Negan and Maggie, this whole, well, the shift really in dynamic, because Negan's been able to live free, I say free, free within reason, uh, amongst the Alexandrians and so on, and then Maggie's come back, and as you understand, she's like, what the hell is he doing out of his cell? Why, why can people trust him? And that's the main thing between these two, it's kind of seeing how it's gone from wanting to genuinely kill each other. Like, you've got to remember the first episode, Negan left her for dead uh, on that train car, um, and it's now at a point where, trust is now nearly nearly there between the two of them and i thought that was a big big moment but i won't jump to that just too soon because it took a while so that was in the the mid-season finale that that particular moment i've already mentioned about that on-screen relationship the 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 both have ideal and views both being leaders and so this butting heads or just trying not to kill another has been such a highlight of the season maggie knows that negan is capable of helping it's just she can't trust him, can she? You know what I mean? Like, it's in her, in her mind. She has to eventually take him out for what she did. You understand, really, can't you? And then that moment when she kills all the Reapers, Negan's just like, I know what's going to happen here. Like, she knew all along she was going to take the Reapers out. Like, granted, there was a, maybe a moment where Daryl might have swayed her to not, but that's enough for Negan to be like, yep, I'm out of here. <laughs> and, like, and then, obviously, how those characters then get to the point they are is so surprising in a way because they announced obviously the spin-off um to do obviously with maggie and negan and i was a little bit like i don't know how that's gonna work but then you see episode 16 and you're like yeah okay i can see it you know what i mean i can see that happening and that all obviously comes down to that journey that maggie's had throughout this obviously by meeting the likes of lance and pamela uh, you know from the commonwealth and straight away not trusting Lance anyways but this she doesn't want to be that you know under control by someone else I completely understand and buy that absolutely and and she tells that story about you know Herschel and, and the farm and how people wanted to buy it when they went through a bit of a rough patch a bit of a drought uh, but they didn't want to be owed by anyone and that's what you know she's that's what's been instilled in her she doesn't want that and so you can see why she wouldn't join join up with the uh, with the Commonwealth even though like for Alexandria probably well easy to make that decision because their home is absolutely ruined I also forgot about the storm that was kicking off <laughs> back in Alexandria so when episode 9 kicked in it was all like drenched rain and flooding in the basement and uh, Judith potentially could be drowning I was like oh yeah like this this was kicking off um so it would be easy obviously for Alexandria who were pretty much in ruins anyways to just be like yeah let's you know let's try and see if we can make this work and and whereas Maggie I'd, I'd she doesn't necessarily need that however she is gonna well she she weirdly now like kind of needs Negan and all their all their help as well for what the Commonwealth have, or at least what what part of the Commonwealth is, and this is where that kind of corruption comes in because Lance is such a such a snake in the grass, isn't he? Like he, it's one of those. I will come back to the Negan and Maggie thing, but with Lance, it's like 
you just don't know what he's going to do next. And he's always, always seems like he's ahead of the game. Like he's, he, like, for example, take the, the instance at the, that group that they come across that live in that huge building, which turned out to be, well, Negan's new group after he leaves Maggie, that's where he ends up. You know, like he knows straight up that it's not just as simple as the group that were there killed all the common soldiers and then left. Obviously, Gabriel and Aaron are there and it's like, mm, I don't believe you, but just to keep, you know, to keep that smile on my face and to keep you guys, to keep playing you along kind of thing, I'm just going to keep going with it and eventually something will show, or at least I'll be able to, you know, weave out what actually did happen and just, I think Josh Hamilton has done a great job with Lance and he's so much more memorable than he is in the comics because in the comics he's no way this kind of character, this kind of person that's got great ideas for the Commonwealth. I mean, obviously we'll have those ideas, but not in the sense of he's willing to, what looks like he could be wiping out Oceanside by lining them all up. And I know I'm like dashing from here, there and everywhere with this series, but so much has happened. Um, Lance, obviously then at the end, you know, lining up these 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 Oceanside mem- community members and what looks to be on basis of a flip of a coin could essentially be taken out. I love as well how he's almost like become Harvey Dent, like the Batman fan inside me. Of course, I was going to notice the fact that he took a shot that skims his face, it's almost what's going to be a scar now, covered in blood in his face, flipping a coin. I was like, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Dent. Um, but this is it. This is what's... It, the, the signs have always been there. You know, he's got his shady business as well, which obviously I think Carol will start to learn a little bit more. We'll talk about that obviously a little bit later. Um, but we don't really know what his actual... what What is behind the facade almost. So we know that he wants to go on and and make Commonwealth bigger, grander, and this, that, and the other. But I feel like there's something more shady going on with him. And he's got those, like, that kind of, those traits of a little bit sociopathic in a way, like when, especially when he walks off because he's not, because Maggie said no, or he's still saying no, rather, to join, and he goes off and shoots all those, like, walkers as they're approaching him. And there's a great shot as well when, like, takes that one, and we see it from behind the walker as the bullet flies through and then falls, and there's Lance with the gun. Um, and I think Aaron might say something like, you are right, and he's, I, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but you know what I mean, like, he is genuinely, genuinely, like, scary, because it's it's not like he's a ridiculously cartoony villain like Pope Tate, for example, he's more like, as I say, like a grounded, a grounded villain, someone that's, like, working and, and pulling strings from behind behind the scenes and then eventually what I feel is looking like to happen which is again is a huge detail from the comics is that he's trying to maybe overthrow Pamela um, and I, I, I can't work out Pamela just kind of sticking to, to talking about the Commonwealth again for just a moment or two like I can't work out her character Layla Robbins plays Pamela Milton in this and you know I get that there's that there's the the kind of breakdown at least in relationship between her and her son uh, Sebastian who again has a huge story coming up in the comics if I don't know what they're going to do with that for TV but if you know you know um but I, I just can't work her out like I, I almost like is she you know she she's part of the elite she's the big dog you know what I mean so she she knows what's going off with these like for example missing persons all of that, or is that something that's completely behind? So I'm just, you know, I, I'm reserving full judgment until I see the end of the season with Pamela, because let's be honest, we've not seen too much of her anyways. We just know that she's in charge and the Commonwealth isn't all fine and dandy. Sticking with the Commonwealth again, Mercer, boy, oh boy, Jesus Christ, Michael James Shaw is the perfect Mercer. I mean, he's great in the comics, but he's a badass man. Like, and you definitely so intimidating on screen genuine leader however he's like having his leadership skills quality whatever taken from him because he doesn't have a final say like he's clearly in charge of the militia training but he's not in charge like he's got someone again Lance playing behind the scenes and stuff who can take a few soldiers here and put them to go and take out another group over here and either way Mercer is not not fully in charge even though he's like a big staple and a big 
character that the people of Commonwealth look up to, he's not the boy in charge, especially with the Com- especially with the Commonwealth soldiers and the militia. Sorry, um, it is really intriguing. This is the beauty of the Commonwealth, and this is why I was like, crack on with it. Less Reapers, more Commonwealth. We don't need the Reapers. We just need to learn and see what's going on with the Commonwealth. You could argue now that they are kind of steamrolling through the Commonwealth just to get to the end game because the Commonwealth is such a huge part of the Walking Dead's comics finale and the story itself. How it gets to that. It, I just feel that it's eight, 16 episodes. It's like you think about when you go back to the Saviors, they had like a full, what was it, two and a half seasons. We got to learn a little bit at the end of season six, and then we got the whole season seven and that kind of slow burner. To then the war in season eight, I was like, we've got like so many episodes on the Saviors, and even with the Whispers as well, that I just disappointed in a way that the Commonwealth is only getting so much. But at the same time, that could be a positive because then we're not going to have those more fillery episodes because there was only one episode in this. And again, showing you how much... I think it was kind of the turn in Lance, really, this particular episode, the one that I wasn't too fussed about that was more fillery. And that's the one where Eugene was discovering that Stephanie wasn't actually Stephanie. I think it was like episode 11. Again, there's, there's moments in it that are enjoyable. And Eugene's story has been has been all right. Like, he, he, I, I, as soon as he got in touch with Stephanie over the over the radio in season nine, was that? All the way back then? Um, yeah, like, it's been... it's been I've been waiting and, and hoping eventually to see the Commonwealth, which went, went out here. But I will say that this storyline of Eugene's and Stephanie's is just... Yeah, it's again, it's another little bit of a weaker point because I, I did feel that there were performance parts in this that were quite funny, especially when he has that like moment with Lance. And, and again, like the, the intimidation of Lance just kind of staring down at Eugene as he's like opening up, like, you know, he's a wounded, wounded puppy to, to say, like, he's lost his what was supposed to be someone that he really cared and loved. That wasn't even the person, it was just someone that Lance had hired to, again, learn more about. Eugene and our survivors group and that scene the same when he's getting really animated it's, it's quite entertaining it's quite funny but Lance just stood there not saying anything he's just like yeah that's right I, I did I did do that you know I lied to you but you lied to us as well so pff, I guess we're fair aren't we and that was it then from then on it's like we already knew he's a little bit dodgy but just just the fact that he's he then was so calm and fine with what he did just makes all the same the rest like like he's so fine with the decisions and choices that he makes like he's got a vision lance has got a vision sorry for what the commonwealth can be what he thinks it should be and he's going to keep going for it and at this rate he just seems to be losing his marbles like he's lost complete control especially since obviously maggie turned him down he then obviously goes up and gets leah to, from the reapers to go back and kill her which is again another interesting storyline um I guess I could dive to that, actually, in fairness, because, like I said before, I wanted more Commonwealth in this season and less Reapers. The Reapers were gone. Like, the Reapers are gone. I was so happy at the end of season, at the end of episode now, and I was like, thank God. I mean, obviously, Leah was left alive, and I, I was thinking I'd, she will pop up again, no doubt, but whether I was whether they were going to save her for one of the spin-offs or at least maybe comes back towards the end, I was hoping... I'm still hoping for some CRM talk, obviously, the, the Civic Republic uh, military, uh, which, again, I will come to as part of my what I want from the next eight episodes, but... I just I, I just don't buy it for once, this character, Leah, who's played by Lynn Collins, what she's really become, because I thought she was great in that one-off episode in season 10 with Daryl. I thought it was really lovely. Nice to see Daryl in, in a very intimate state and very close and personal with someone, because he's not really had that since, obviously, Rick Grimes left, and even then it was just a bit of grunts, you know what I mean? But to have, like, a, a actual love interest for Daryl was really great for the show. I thought, that's nice. Like, we've not seen that before. Yes, there's, there's love for Carol, but it's not the same. It's not like... Uh, an actual, you know, wanting to be together kind of, well, you never know, but still, for me, it's not anyways. It's a very, it's a different kind of love. So Lynn Collins just has been a little bit wasted in, in the rest of this, really, because as soon as she popped up as a Reaper, I was like, okay. And then as it went on, I was just not, not with it at all, especially the episode eight, when she then kind of 
turns against Daryl and the group and then starts letting fireworks off at people, which is where we pick up directly from. Um, I just thought she was just a plot device. And a few of my friends, so one of my friends who watched the show as well, said the same thing. Just there. Just so... I, I, to be honest, I don't really know why she was there. It was clearly to keep her, to keep a form of story going. But, like, again, it was almost like you could have just ended it all at that moment. Maggie could have took her down in episode nine and that could have been it. You know what I mean? Like, if you were going to save it, for, it was just... Say it was almost like let's just save her because we know that this character's got some kind of like military background. She's great. She's equipped. It's like a great adversary for someone like Maggie. You know, I get I get what they were going for with with the Leah and the flip side of maybe seeing like Maggie as that Negan character. You know, there's that great moment between the two of them in the cabin, and Maggie's explaining you know brings her own experience into it. You know, with an enemy such as Negan saying that Leah killing her won't bring anything back, won't make anything, won't make her feel better, which I did like. I did enjoy. It. It's just that that could have been done bloody earlier, couldn't it? Let's be honest, that could have been done in like episode nine. I think that well, it couldn't. It couldn't because the progression, I guess, of Maggie's trust for Negan. An understanding of, of where she is with that only comes after again some great character development. So I do get it why they why they kind of paced it out, but maybe we didn't even need it anyways. Maybe Maggie could have just spoke to Negan separately about this, or at least one other character who may be going through a similar thing. You know, whether that's someone wanting to take down Lance or Lance wanting to this that and the, you know what I mean like it could have been used somewhere else. Maybe it could have been saved for the next eight episodes or something. So. I do understand it for that front that they wanted that kind of shift in 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 you know maybe our, our thoughts as audiences to be like well you know fair enough she is a little bit well not too much like Negan because she's not like lined everyone up and battered any reapers in front but she has taken out every single reaper except for Leah um, so I get it but at the same time it, it just felt really just felt really in and out for Leah like and I did it just like dipped and she'd gone kind of thing I don't know I just um, yeah just didn't enjoy that. I thought a death was a little bit strange, but especially considering that you know it's Daryl that puts her down, which makes sense because he did say to her that if I'd see you again, I'll kill you. But it was just a bit like I don't know, like I was like, oh, is, is that it? Like it just okay, next. I, it just it's a shame because Lynn Collins is really great, and uh, it just weird, weird. That's the only thing because other than that, in terms of storytelling, it's been great. Like the the Angela Kang and screenwriters and scriptwriters, sorry, have done so well to keep us really entertained, keeping us on his toes and utilizing time really well like my jaw dropped at the end of episode nine when we cut from lance being like hey i'm from the commonwealth come join me it's great i'll help you will i be able to help you out it looks like you need it you can already sense that maggie's not sure on this and there's that great transition in the sequence of the scene where she stood and she looks down and then the whole set changes to her being stood at the hilltop looking down at these commonwealth soldiers at lance and off you know pulls off his helmet it's only bloody daryl wearing the full commonwealth stormtrooper outfit i, I honestly i was like bloody hell like what an ending like obviously six month time jump how do we get here and again the storytelling is then brought right back around and um that that's what i've enjoyed there's been so much within it that i've just been like bloody hell like this has been this has been really great and and this is the thing eight episodes in we already know we know what's happened to the Reapers, they're gone. We know about the Commonwealth and how that's well established, you know what I mean, in these eight episodes and, and how our characters have been woven into that society. You know, Ezekiel, you know what he's doing and, and it's great that now he's received treatment for the tumour and all that. And, and even Judith on a side note, like one of my favourite sequences was just her getting a vinyl, like a record. Like it's hard to imagine someone that's obviously heard music performed potentially, but never heard actual like recordings of music. I, I mean, it, they've not really established that before in the show for us. So what a lovely moment. And it was a Motorhead record as well. I was like, yes, 
let's go. But really, really touching and, and lovely moment, especially when Daryl gets to the record player, man. That was so lovely. And it's that father figure that, again, who'd have thought, eh? Like, honestly, Daddy Daryl. Uh, speaking of dads, we're going to be talking about Negan again in that in a bit. Bloody hell, what a surprise. But as we said about the pacing, it's just that, you know, well-established the Commonwealth and, and how our characters have fit in that. And now we're already knowing there's problems in there. I don't feel like I've been overfaced, overstuffed, or having to take too much in. You know what I mean? As an audience member and a fan of the show, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm very much entertained, looking forward to the next episode, and just itching now for these last eight episodes. There's obviously stuff that I've probably gone over very briefly in, in terms of the com- the Commonwealth itself, but it's it's just interesting having these different characters that are bought into it. Then you've got characters like Maggie that are like completely against it, and then there's there's ones. Uh, you know, like Carol, for example, who she's just a schemer, man. Like she's so good at what she does. I love it when the schemer Carol just like turns turns on. She's just okay. I'll fake my way through this. I I can sense an opportunity. You know, seeing Lance not wanting his particular wine. I mean, imagine that being your concern in the in the apocalypse world. The the bottle of wine or bottles of wine, I should say, that you've been given is not is not up to standard. And then Carol's like, right, I'll. I'll find wine again i'm not too sure how she even came to find it was quite you know well placed really wasn't it this whole wine shack um you know sees the wine takes it to lance and then she's like well i've done you a favor now you do one for me and that's obviously ezekiel gets his treatment and scheme of carol man and i'm looking forward to seeing if there's any rambo carol because she knows there's something not right with the commonwealth she knows especially with lance anyways he's not uh what he's all cracked up to be anyways but yeah, and then on top of that as well, you've got Connie who, like I said, they've all been given jobs now. You know, Connie's you now doing stories for the newspaper. She's really wanting to, you know, print details of what's happened with the former soldier, um, like with the all outburst. Who again? Sorry, this brings up the class system. Obviously, the class issue that's within the Commonwealth. You've got a soldier that was taken down by a princess uh, in episode one of the bonus ones in season ten. He's now been demoted to just being a a waiter at an event kind of thing, just you know serving and. And first kind of example of something brewing with people resisting the Commonwealth. I think he shouts resist the Commonwealth. And yeah, like it's it's interesting. She wants to print that. And then the the, the people are like, no, nope, we can't print it. Just print what, what Pamela says. And it's that kind of thing again of just things being covered up. And, and this is why like it's it's one of those interesting ones that does Pamela know everything that is going off? Like I said, there's this really interesting story that I'm still intrigued about and hoping it leads back to something to do with the CRM with these missing soldiers. And if Pamela is part of that, then... I'd be a little bit surprised just because it seems like more of a Lance kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Pamela, the way that I've seen her with Lance as well, like she's, even when we're t- they go on that trip to, you know, meet Alexandria, have the tour of Oceanside, et cetera, et cetera. She's, always, she's in the cart being like, this is your idea, Lance, obviously. Like, it's, it's one of those where if it doesn't work, it's not going to work. You know, I'm not going to keep trying for people that don't want our help or don't want to join us. This is all on you. So it's one of those where it's, it, I, I'm just, I, still, I, I can't work around what they're going for with the TV series of Pamela. Um, but I'm, again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, it's, it's again, I'm intrigued to see what she knows really in terms of like how it actually is being run. Like obviously she's the one in charge, so she knows that things aren't exactly up to a hundred percent scratch, you know what I mean? And that she is allowing certain things to happen. For example, she knows obviously that Sebastian and, and that have been sending people essentially to their death to retrieve that money from someone else's house, one of Sebastian's old friends, covering up that covering that up basically. You know, Max goes in and steals the files from a cabinet to to see all the details of that, to then obviously have the evidence to print this news, you know, sending people to their deaths just to retrieve some money, which obviously Darren and Rosita do do, but I don't think that she'd have any any clue really of Lance's true uh, motives. 
because he's just shady right to the core. And as I've said before, could be leading some kind of power struggle or wanting to overthrow Pamela. So although there is corruption and the, the the class system and and the fact that you know she's willing to just sacrifice people just to get a bit of cash uh, to pump back into the Commonwealth, I don't think that she would know potentially of the likes of let's say the CRM or something because. Every time Lance is up to no good, she's not there. Like when he gets all these soldiers, Gabriel and Aaron, to go over to the to this group to scout and this, that, and the other, it turns out it's just to, to take them out because they think they stole some weapons, which is such a good episode. Like, it was so bloody good. Um, and, and how it all came round again with the opening of this guy. Like, again, storytelling, fantastic, where the guy rides to the hilltop, he's wounded, I think he's been shot or at least something, and dies there and then and then the story comes back around and how he even got to that point after you know being shot whilst on the horse um the the character that's also in this is is one called carlson toby carlson played by jason butlerhana again you've got lance who you hate throw this guy in who's just absolutely batched just you know he's so so far gone in a way like again it's that ideal he thinks he thinks his character's in the right and he's just going to go for it regardless. I, I, this little little tick that he's got that's like, I've not drank in years. I don't drink whiskey or something anymore. I've not drank in a while. But then, like, pours it onto his finger and then, like, sucks his finger. It's like a weird, just this weird thing that he does throughout, which is, again, really intense and just almost showing that he's 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 got a little bit of a screw loose. And it is brutal when he's kicking off all those people um, at the top of the building just to find out what's happened with the weapons, even though I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, they literally have. They didn't steal them at all. So it's so brutal. It just, it's just a bit of a shame that he did get killed off as quick as he did because he was a great character to hate. However, I was really happy to see to see that he uh, to see that he had uh, he, did, he did meet a very quick demise, uh, which then brought this brings back to what I was saying earlier about Lance, like knowing that something funny's gone on because this guy was an expat and he knows his stuff. Like for him to be taken down by a group that you know they don't know about and. For Aaron and Gabe to only be the ones to have survived it all um, is a little bit like, it's most fishy that. Uh, it turns out that it was Leah that stole these weapons. Again, uh, I don't understand why. It's just really strange. For what they did with Leah at the end, it was weird that they brought her back just for that. For then Lance to be like, come on, come help me kill Maggie. It just, again, it highlights just how frantic I would say that Lance is becoming. He's like, oh my God, I'm losing control over this situation. Like, I want. I want everyone to join or, you know, or I'll take you out. And that's why I'm thinking at the end, you know, he's lined up everyone at, at Oceanside. He's flipping a coin. Is it going to be a mow down kind of thing? Is he literally going to take these uh, take these characters out? It will be, br again, a brutal opening. And, and they've just released a teaser for, for the next eight episodes, only 30 seconds. But again, Lance, there's a shot in there where he is covered in blood, looking at a coin saying there's always uh, a way out, I think he's saying. But... Really intense, uh, really intense. But coming back to this new group that uh, that, that that Lance sent these sent Carlson and, and Gabe and, and and Aaron to, Negan is amongst this group. Not only does he save uh, little Herschel and have one of the best scenes of the season, which I will talk about in a second. Negan is now married, and he's due to be a father with uh, with this new character. The name has completely gone out of my head, but that was just incredible. And again, the shock for Maggie as well to learn this to be like Jesus, like this how. After everything that he's done, and and she obviously his new wife knows what he's done. It's the turning point. It is the definitive turning point. Not only that, but the fact that you know he's willing to save and look out for Herschel as well. Um, even after everything, you know, not that he would ever, you know, he would never hurt Herschel. You know, what I mean, he would never, <laughs> he'd never kill Maggie's son after killing her husband. But he's trying to prove to her that he's not the not the person that he was, not the Negan that he was all those years ago, which I still just baffles me and I, that's why i love this character so much again he's just this anti-hero almost that probably doesn't deserve the happiness that he's got but he's worked to get to it you know what i mean 
probably doesn't deserve the happiness that he's got, but he's worked to get to it. Uh, and that, again, through some excellent writing from Angela Kang and co., makes it believable for this character, for this Negan. The fantastic Kia's Negan episode at the end of season 10, I think, wrapped up a lot of his previous storylines and it brought almost a new character out of it. The moment when he was talking to, to Lucille, obviously he's burning the, 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 well, the bat of Lucille and having that very intimate and very personal moment, apologising and wanting to do better, wanting to you know live in her name or in her memory in a, in a better light rather than going around knocking 10 bells out of people. Yes, obviously from then on it was a kind of, right, I'm going to do this and if, and if Maggie is going to come at me, I'll come at her. But it's that, you know, it's kind of closure. That moment was closure for Negan. So therefore him meeting someone else wasn't exactly out of the question. Um, and that sequence when Herschel asks him if he's the, if he's a bad man, and Negan's like, yeah. And then next thing you know, he's pointing a gun at him. Really intense sequence. Like, I I, I, I thought it was really great. And great performance well from the young actor who's playing Herschel because he doesn't necessarily have to say anything. He doesn't say anything for the most part. He literally just stares at Negan and that's enough to be said. Um, it, it's created there a fantastic storyline for the future and this is the thing even though Maggie might now be coming around to trust him as as, as we found out in the, se- in the season finale which was such a powerful moment like it really was after everything for Maggie to say that I think pretty much all of us as audience members were just like this is this is mega this is a huge huge turning point in that dynamic and that relationship between the two characters I'm not saying that they're going to be best friends or anything but for, for someone like she says I think she says along the lines that she won't forget but she is learning to trust him because he's he's proven it. You know what I mean? He's had plenty of times to take her out. I mean, he does try to at the start, but it was a bit tit for tat, weren't it? Like it was really, she was willing to just let him fall back and die in, in the tunnels or something. Or, you know, and he was willing to to let her uh, to let her fall to her death on that train. And he says that to everyone is that if it was the other way around, you know that she would have done the same. And they're all like, it's funny because they're all like, yeah, okay. Um, but a real turning point. And I said for us as audience members and for fans of the show, like this is huge. Um, and and this is why I think they should have waited to release the announcement of the uh, of the spin-off show because it would have made such mo- much more sense because when it was announced you were like what like I I guess maybe we knew that at some point trust would come into it but um, or at least some some kind of common ground or at least balance kind of thing uh, but after seeing this episode I'm fully like I fully get it and I'm hope and again I'll talk a little bit more about these spin-offs and where they're going to maybe towards the end and what I expect for the next eight episodes but. It'll be interesting enough, and I'm wondering if Herschel will be along the ride because I'm as much. I, imagine if Herschel did turn around and shoot him and kill him or whatever, beat him to death with a with a bat with a bat with barbed wire kind of thing. Would any of us? I mean, it would be like you'd be good, wouldn't you? If 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 Negan was to die after everything, that's such a strange sentence being like. Because I mean, I've loved Negan since the get go, but as 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 a character, it's like, oh man, I'd be so good if he ended up going as well. Uh, but it'd be un- an understandable one. You'd be able to see why Herschel made that decision. You know, he could end up taking like Sebastian's um, Sebastian's comic story and and but then obviously the spin-off has kind of spoiled it because it's a bit like well we know that Negan and Maggie are not going to die by the end of the season but maybe maybe one day if they were to do uh, like a solo Negan story or something because they've said that obviously The Walking Dead is not going to be done once the main show is done um, maybe that could that could still happen but who knows any basically I'll come back to what I was saying is that it was a really great moment between Herschel and Negan just it says a lot of where the two characters are obviously uh Herschel is still a young a young lad at the end of the day and as Negan says you know we've got some we've got some serious business to to resolve when you're older you know come back and we'll we'll sort it really 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 great moment between the two really intense especially after especially on top of everything that's going off obviously like 
you've got the Commonwealth trying to hunt this group down, obviously Negan's group who's looking after Herschel for Maggie. Um, and then this is all on top of that. And then, uh, you know, you've got the Maggie and group trying to hunt the car. It was such, it was just all around. I can't remember which episode it was, but it was so bloody good. Uh, and there's been a lot of those moments in there where it's just been really entertaining enough. Like obviously Daryl turning on the Commonwealth soldiers that were trying to kill Gabe and Aaron. That was all great as well. Um, again, just highlighting just how far, Lance has really gone. Um, so I, again, these next eight episodes, whether Lance will make all out because he's just kind of forgotten about in the comics after they, they have a bit more of a time jump and he's just not really there. So not sure what they're uh, what they're going to do with Lance, but I would suspect he's going to meet some form of grisly demise. But um, but yeah, honestly though, Josh Hamilton, one of the standouts, especially for villain wise, he's uh, very unstable. And I'm really looking forward to, as I say, seeing what happens with Lance, how this progression of, you know, Connie and everyone and Eugene, you know, Max and such, revealing all about the Commonwealth. And and I, I just want to know just how much dirt is, is 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 on the Commonwealth, you know what I mean? Like how much they have been getting away with or at least been doing, say, the class system is one thing. And that's the thing, when Maggie sees that when Lance comes over, I think it's when Daryl's ordered back in line or at least the militia is ordered back in line from Mercer. It's just a bit like she just sees it and she's like, this is not doesn't seem right. Like I said, she doesn't want to be ruled by anyone. It's completely understandable for her character to be like, I don't I don't want this. That's what's been instilled into Maggie. So it does make sense. And that's how she's been, though, from, from as long as we've known her, really. You know, she went off and did her own thing. She's come back and she's managed to take charge again. I think that, yeah, really, really excellent character development. It makes sense, complete sense to me anyways, that she would still say no to Pamela and to Lance. And uh, yeah, again, since that moment, really, uh, it's been, uh, Lance has lost his absolute marbles. So I am... Really excited to see what's going to happen between the militia and, and, and the Commonwealth and Mercer's part in that as well. Um, I, I feel that Aaron has got a big part to play in the rest of this season, uh, next few episodes, the last eight episodes. If he's taken Rick Grimes' story as well, you know, Rick Grimes stops essentially what is the revolution of the militia and, and the Commonwealth and such. It, whether that'll be Aaron, Dar it probably more, more so probably will be Daryl um, now that he's part of that as well. Now he's part of the militia and being sent off on ridiculous yeah, tasks from Sebastian to get money, this, that, and the other. And Sebastian, yeah, just an annoying little brat, isn't he? Like, he's, he plays the part well, does the job, but I, I don't think he's... I don't find him as irritating or as, like, he's capable of doing what he does in the comics. And again, I won't go into too much. If you know, like I say, if you know what happens with Sebastian in the end of the comics, then you, you probably silly me being like, oh, I don't want to say, but still. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting enough to see how that goes down. Um, I think that kind of brings me nicely up to what I would expect or so would like from... Uh, the next eight episodes, really. Which the main thing for me is, <laughs> I just want Rick Grimes. Like, I want something to do with Rick Grimes. I want the CRM to be involved, especially with these missing soldiers. I, just, I would just love to see that, you know what I mean? Like I said, they've just released a 30-second teaser. There's a shot of Daryl holding uh, Rick's pistol. There's got to be some hint for them to then continue this beyond The Walking Dead, this Maggie and Negan spin-off, Carol and Daryl. I do feel that we are building up to something where these characters are going to get some form of hint that Rick is alive and they're going to go off in their separate ways looking for him, different states, this, that, and the other, knowing. They're going to have to establish what the CR... Well, they're going to have to learn what the CRM is to know what they do and how they have different you know, locations everywhere, different communities here, there, and everywhere. Um, and these our, our, our heroes, our survivors, are going to have to go out and look for him. Like Michonne's already done that already. There needs to be some mention. It's, it's hard to believe in a weird way that no one has mentioned Rick Grimes as of yet. There was a great moment earlier in, in, in the, well, in these eight episodes, sorry, where Pamela goes to, when she goes to Alexandria, has the tour, she speaks to Daryl, and she's looking at the picture of Deanna, and she knew her. She was like, I knew Deanna from 
from you know before and and what happened uh, Daryl explaining what happened and even even selling to Mercer that he was one of the leaders there were so many opportunities in that moment where he could they could have brought up Rick Grimes you know oh yeah you know someone else was in charge as well like you know just bring him up just mention it he's not like a not like Voldemort like I can't not say his name like I don't understand what it is I think that they again the writers are doing that on purpose so that when it does happen when we do get another Rick Grimes nod or anything uh, it's going to be more impactful I'm hoping that the next Rick Grimes kind of mention that we get is going to be something along the lines of he ain't dead because these Rick films just seem to be taking forever like I, I just I'm hoping that we're not going to be long behind long, long too too far after the final season where we get at least a trailer for it whether it's a minute teaser or something but that's really what I'm, I'm i just want them to wrap up the commonwealth story like really well um i i'm interested like i said to see who's going to get what story from the comics there's some big moments that come up towards the end of the walking dead's comic run uh, and i'm very interested to see who's going to get that if any if any if they will even do it because there have been at times where big moments haven't happened take gabriel's death for example in the comics of the whisperers brutal beyond like glenn's death was one thing gabriel's in the comics is pretty pretty gnarly um so there's stuff they have missed off and they may bring in at some later point i don't know but the main thing for me with these next eight episodes is that we have to have something to do with rick grimes it has to happen finish the commonwealth story and uh, but don't rush it because you've done a great job with the pace and the storytelling so far and i have no doubt that the next eight episodes will be really entertaining uh, and really fun you know re- a great end and a great epic conclusion don't get me wrong like i don't want them to do a game of thrones and just rush it all and i don't think they have because they've had 24 episodes or whatever it is to to get this to get this final season to where you know to, to a great natural conclusion um just just please mention rick grimes uh, it's it would be silly not to purely on a basis of he got taken by a helicopter in season nine if that was it, you'd be like, well, what the hell does that mean? If you know what I mean, if you didn't watch World Beyond, didn't watch Fear the Walking Dead, don't watch a Rick Grimes film for whatever reason, it's a bit like, how does, you know, I mean, oh, and then Michonne left in season 10. You're a bit like, well, I need some form of like conclusion resolution to that story, even if it's not entirely an end to, to Rick Grimes, just something. Um, but I have every faith in Angela Kang. I really do. I think that she's been fantastic since coming in. She's really brought new life to the show. Uh, this, like I say, these episodes have been uh, no complaints really, no no major issues. Just one filler episode that I thought was a bit meh. Uh, everything else has been really interesting, really intriguing, and and some, like I said, some of these characters from the Commonwealth, your Mercers, your Lance, uh, they're, they've been so so great, such a great addition to the cast uh, on what is already a pretty gigantic cast. For so for them to stand out as well as they have done. Yeah, really epic, really, really fantastic. Uh, I'll leave it there anyways. I'm sure there's stuff I'll listen back to and be like, I didn't even mention that, why? Come on. But still, that's how it goes. If anything, I'll bring it up again in the next Walking Dead one that I do. But I just really appreciate you listening to this little bit of an extended episode going over these eight episodes. Well, I say going over, you know, glossing over these these eight episodes and just picking out the, the main things for me. The best thing about it was that the Reapers were done, the Commonwealth is well established, and there's things that are just brewing now. Like, there is a definite war, whether that's a, a civil war within the Commonwealth uh, or if that's going to be, you know, Daryl and, and Maggie and everyone coming to, to kind of overthrow people. It, it, again, essentially, they can all become the revolution, you know what I mean, of taking down and taking over the Commonwealth. It's just how, they, um, how they're going to do it and, and what casualties... Are going to be along the way because there's going to be some bit there's going to be a big death there's going to be you know what i mean someone is going to go in the uh in the final um in the final eight episodes but it won't be negan maggie 
Daryl or Carol who have got spin-offs. Unless someone else gets a spin-off announced before, <laughs> before I even know it. I'm like, what, Jerry's getting one? Great. Uh, but thank you ever so much again for listening. I really do appreciate it. As, as always, the podcast is available on all your streaming sites to say where you get your podcast from. But make sure you get in touch. Jump on Facebook, Joe Blogs About Film, search that. That too will be greatly appreciated. But until the next episode, as always, take care.